The title of the lesson today is Be Selfish, Seek Something Better. I I don't know that I'm using that term probably in its uh, full context correctly, but as I said a moment ago, I do want to kind of get your attention. And if there is any way that we can be selfish and seek something for ourselves, it is going to be what is presented here in this lesson, which in fact isn't really being selfish, but when we seek the things that God offers instead of what the world offers, Though we do benefit greatly by it, um, it is pleasing to God. So we're not just seeking to please ourselves, we are seeking to please our Lord and our God. As we have been going through Hebrews chapter 10, we've seen uh, and understood that there were some Christians who have come to believe in Jesus, and they had these Jewish roots, and they were somehow being persuaded to go back to doing things according to the old law instead of holding fast to the confession they made in Christ. And I think in particular, as we think about sacrifice, and sacrifice is going to be mentioned in the lesson today, the sacrifices that were in the old covenant under the law of Moses, if these people were going back to perform sacrifices to take care of their sins, What did that say about their belief in the sacrifice of Jesus? The one sacrifice that was made for all time, for all people. They didn't think too highly of it. We see that in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29. And it tells us that by going back to the law of Moses, what these Christians were in fact doing. So Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29, and talking about... Well, let me read verses 26, 27 with it briefly here to get the context. For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving a knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. Anyone who set aside the law of Moses dies Without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severe do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and who has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? So these Christians who are going back to the old law instead of clinging to the new covenant in Christ, they were trampling underfoot the Son of God. You know, and if you read through uh, uh, the book of Galatians, he kind of puts it in another way as, you know, did he die for nothing? You know, Uh, they were trampling underfoot the Son of God. No regard for him. No regard for his sacrifice because it says that they... These folks regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant which sanctified them. So, hey, you were washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You were cleansed by that sacrifice. Now you want to turn and say, no, I need something else. It's a terrible thing. They regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant. The blood of Jesus, that is. And number three, they insulted the spirit of grace. Now listen to the accusation is being made against these Christians. Christians. Christian means somebody who is following Jesus, somebody who had confessed the name of Christ. They trampled that one that they proclaimed, that one they confessed, they trampled him underfoot. They trampled underfoot the Son of God. They regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant which sanctified them. They insulted the Spirit of grace. 
God had been so gracious to send his own son. Eh, we don't care about that. They insulted that spirit. They wanted to go to something different. Go back to the old way. Forget the uh, latest, greatest, as we called it before. They wanted to stick with the old way. And so the threat of punishment was upon them. Listen to verses 30 and 31. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Doesn't that sound a little bit like uh, you folks, you're, you're flirting with eternal disaster. And if they continued, I, don't, I guarantee if they continued in their sin... They weren't just flirting with that eternal disaster. It was surely, it would surely come upon them. So pause for a second and think. And the question comes to us. Is it any different for us if we go back to living like the lost instead of being the salt of the earth and the light of the world? Is it any different for us if we who proclaimed and confessed the name of Jesus is the only one who can, could save us and that we needed to die and be resurrected again in these waters of baptism when God does that wonderful work? If we confessed his name and submitted to him in baptism, we're raised up to a new life that is in Christ. If we forget about the living in Christ part and go back to now living in the world. And we look just like everyone else. If we give up on the latest greatest and just go back to life as an American. If we just live like everybody else. Is it any different for us? Have we not trampled underfoot the Son of God? Have we not regarded as unclean? It's pointless or worthless. The blood of the covenant which sanctified us. Because if we, go, if we grab hold of the things of the world, we're saying that's enough for us. We really don't need Jesus. What I need is my stuff, my things, my pride, my whatever it is. If that is what we're turning to, then we're trampling underfoot the Son of God. We are regarding as unclean or worthless the blood of the covenant which sanctified us. And we have insulted the spirit of grace. We gather around the table every Sunday to remember the grace that is beyond compare. The love of God that was shown to us that he, we, he was willing to sacrifice his own son. The very lamb of God sacrificed for us. And we come here to remember that. And if we remember it for Ten minutes or an hour on Sunday and then go forth and live clinging to the stuff, clinging to the way of life that we have come to know that really is not any different from anybody else around us. If we forsake being the salt of the earth and the light of the world and loving the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then is there not remaining for us simply the threat of eternal judgment if the threat of eternal judgment was upon them 
Because they turn from Jesus, same is true for us. If we turn away from Christ, instead of holding fast to the confession that we made in him, then the threat of eternal judgment is upon us. So think upon that this very day and as we partake of this Lord's feast in a few moments. So he continues on as he speaks to these people who were forsaking the latest greatest and going back to the old law. And he tells them that in the former days, he reminds them of something, that those people made great sacrifices. They sacrificed social acceptance. They sacrificed physical property. Listen to verses 32 and 33 and 34. But remember the former days, when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. These people who are turning away from Christ and trampling him underfoot, when they first believed in him, when they were first enlightened by the glorious message of the good news of the gospel, They were willing to give up everything for it. They didn't care about the stuff. They didn't care about their pride. They didn't care about their selfish ambitions. They were were willing to be made public spectacles to experience reproach and tribulation. Probably their own families turned against them. They, They were kicked out of their communities. Um, they stood up then for ones who were actually put in prison, it indicates here. They were there with them and shared with them, shared with each other in the sufferings that they had. The thing that knit them together in Christ, the thing they had in common was they were going to suffer together with Christ. And they did that. And it says in verse 34 that they accepted joyfully the seizure of their property. They were willing to give all. They were willing to make great sacrifices because the name of Jesus was the name above all names and they were willing to lose everything. If need be, lose everything but hold on to that name. So they were willing to suffer that social being outcasts and to lose their physical property, to lose everything. And why was it? The verse indicates right here, because at the end of verse 34, it says, For you have showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. They were willing to give up the lesser thing to gain the greater thing. They had a better possession and a lasting possession. And that's eternal life, isn't it? And I'm not going to read it in the 
is where we continue on, but verse 39, it talks about the preserving of your soul. Here's the lasting possession is eternal life, your soul preserved forever. And so we can endure through the difficulties of this life, and we can, we can make sacrifices of the things of this life because we know we've got something better for all eternity. And when this life is over, which is but a, but a snap in the, in the moment of time, it's just that our life is but a vapor that is fading away, it, we're okay with what happens in this momentary life, knowing that by, by enduring that we are storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We have a better possession, a lasting one. So it's hold on to the junk of this life or reach for something better. And I encourage you, if it's, if it's fitting at all, to tell you to be selfish and to reach for the things that are better. To hold on which is good. Hold on to that which is lasting and eternal. Those treasures in heaven that we spoke about a few weeks ago. Hold on to those things. And if anybody wants to call us being selfish for doing that, then so be it. But we're just seeking to please God. And we're going to have a reward for doing so. So in verse 35, he makes another statement. He says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Where is your confidence? Is your confidence in Christ Jesus? If your confidence is in him, then you do have a very great reward. If your confidence is in stuff and things in the world and and in people, you know, if your confidence is in anything other than Christ, then you need to throw those things away and hold on to the confession that you made in Christ. We're going to live in him and for him all our days. So that means we might have to make some sacrifices. These people were willing, at the, in the former days, they were willing to make sacrifice. They were willing to let go of the junk and hold on to their confidence in Jesus. They made great sacrifices. They lost physical property. It was seized. They suffered great persecution. And I want you to think about the sacrifices that you make for a moment and that I make for a moment. Because there are all kinds of things in this life that we make sacrifices for, don't we? We're willing to trade something to gain something. So if you have a hobby, what sacrifices do you make for your hobby? Some of us might have hobbies that, that we just invest a lot of time and we give of our time. We sacrifice our time for them. Maybe our hobby is an expensive one. It's always fun to have an expensive hobby, isn't it? <laughs> Those are the best. Um, you people who, uh, <laughs> Jerry says, no, you like the cheap ones, right? So, you know, some people, some men I know, they, they make this playing golf a hobby. And I'm like, I, I think about golf and I'm, I'm like, I used to fly an airplane. I thought flying an airplane was a, an expensive hobby. They, they put more money into golf than, than I ever did into flying. You know, you know, we love expensive hobbies. Oh, what fun they are. 
We make sacrifices. We give our money. We give our time into these things. You know, and some people go so far as to make sacrifices for the, their hobby that they sacrifice family because they put the, the hobby up higher than their family. It's a terrible trade. Terrible sacrifice to make. But we do the same with work. We make sacrifices for work. You know, and, and some people, I was sitting at a football game yesterday with a, with a guy who had to have his work phone with him. He didn't show up to the game. had to drive separate from his family because he had to go home. And Well, I don't know if they drove separate. I don't know how it worked. But he had to go back and get his phones. He had a work phone and a personal phone. Had to have those phones with him. Because he, just in case somebody calls, he's in sales. Got to make those sacrifices. It's part of that job. You know, we make sacrifices for work with our time and our energy. Sometimes just our emotional energy. Sometimes, you know, with more than 40 hours a week and people put, we make sacrifices for our jobs. We make great sacrifices for our hobbies, for our jobs. We make great sacrifices, too, for family, right? Think of, you know, it's kind of like family is one of those things that, hey, anything you do for family, any sacrifices you can make for family, that is good and that is great. Well, I was talking with a guy yesterday who, you know, football, Little, the little kids, with, like Jack in sixth grade, he plays football late in the afternoon. I was talking to a guy about how the kids play early. Little kids play in their families. They're, they're doing something for their kids. They're putting them in football. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock, Sunday morning. They're making sacrifices. They're giving their time to take their kids here and there and everything. They make sacrifices for family. Sacrifice for family can be good. Sometimes we can go too far. But what do you say? You know, we make great sacrifices for hobbies, for work, for family, for school. You know, we think about when we're involved in school, all the things that we got involved in. And in college, you know, it was busy, every, you know, got involved in everything. We make great sacrifices for all those things. For friends, we make great sacrifices. We make sacrifices so we can have a nice car. We make sacrifices so we can have a bigger house to put all of our stuff in. We make sacrifices all over in our lives, don't we? But the only question that matters is what sacrifices do you make for the Lamb of God? The one who gave his life for you. What sacrifices do you make for him? Going, jumping ahead to chapter 11, it's about the hall of fame of faith. Uh, my, you know, it's got all these men and women listed in here who are people of great faith. And one of the things that I kind of see in here are Mark's one of the marks of faith in a mark of believing is people who are willing to sacrifice the worldly things, the earthly things. They gave up the very best that earth had to offer to go and do things for God. They were willing, willing to make sacrifices for God. And, and these folks that are listed here, they didn't know Jesus. 
They didn't know a God who was willing to die for them, but they were willing to sacrifice for the God of their faith, the God who spoke to them. And so consider these folks just for a second. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 4. Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. So we have an example of somebody who says, I'm, I'm not going to hold on to my best stuff, I'm going to sacrifice my very best and give it to God, whereas Cain, he just kind of gave some things. Are you sacrificing? When it comes to sacrifice, it really, this is the call for us is to give God our best. Are you giving God your best or are you giving um, your hobby your best? Are you giving work your best? Are you giving school your very best? And then God has no more time or effort or energy left within you to give to him. Give God the best. And the ironic thing then is when you give up your best and you say, I don't want the best, then you end up getting the very best, right? Because God gives the best. Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark. For the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah and his family spent about a, a, somewhere around a hundred years, something close to that or a little less than that, preparing an ark. And they built an amazing thing. Just think if they had thought, you know, if we can build something that big... And it's just going to be a boat that we kind of go around. What, what else could we build maybe in 20 years? Maybe we could build something really great in just 20 years and save the boat for later. And I don't, you know, think of, but what they sacrificed was anything that they could have done in that time. They spent 100 years building a boat to go on water. And at this point in time, it might have never rained previously. That's faith. They gave up of themselves. They sacrificed everything to do what God asked him to do and to please him. Verses 8 through 10. By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He left everything he knew, sacrificed it to believe, believing in God and just obeying him. And he had hope for something that he hadn't even seen yet. And verse 13 uh, we continue to skip down to verses 13 through 16. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having, 
But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth, for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return. Sounds like a bad idea to return, doesn't it? God offers you something better. Go with it, but it requires sacrifices. Don't return to what is the old way, the easy way, the old life. But as it is, verse 16, they desired a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Folks, God has a city prepared for us. An eternal, lasting reward. Or you can have junk for a moment here in this life. Continuing on, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. He was willing to sacrifice the thing most precious to him. 24 through 26. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. You know, being the child of the Pharaoh and living in the lap of luxury, giving that up to experience reproach and... All the disappointments of raising sheep that don't listen so well. Uh, Moses was willing to sacrifice the easy life and the good life, and he did it for God. So today's lesson, it's really simple, isn't it? Because the choice that we have before us is really simple. Hold on to junk that will rust and decay and drag us into rusting and decaying and destruction, eternal destruction. It will drag us there with it. Or hold fast the confession you made in Jesus Christ that you believe in Him and that you need Him and you will live for Him for all eternity, living by faith in Jesus and sacrificing the things that draw us and want to, you know, we want to, oh, we look at it and we see it. And man, no, we see Jesus and we live for him. So Christians, my fellow brother and sisters in Christ, brethren, sacrifice the things of this world. Sacrifice those things. Don't give your life to them. Don't make sacrifices to those things. Don't sacrifice your life so that you can have those things. Let those things be the sacrifice. Get rid of them. Turn away from them. 
and go set your mind on going to the place where God has shown us. Sacrifice the things of the world so that you will not lose out on a better possession. A very great reward. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Selfishness is a sin because you're only interested in self. But if there's any way that we could come close to being selfish, it's just seeking that something better. Seek Christ. And if you're not a Christian, if you haven't made that great confession of Jesus, then I encourage you today to put your faith in things not seen. Turn to Christ Jesus. Trust the one and only Son of God, the very Lamb who gave His life for you. That is the offer. Brethren, if you need prayers, let me know today and we will get you on the prayer list. If anybody needs to give their life to Christ, today is the day to do it. We encourage you to make that decision soon make it today and consider oh in your mind as we get ready to remember christ jesus have you made sacrifices so that you can follow him and seek him or is the greatest sacrifice that you make for jesus spending an hour here on sunday let's not let it be that this is our sacrifices just that we give him this little bit of time let us give christ our lives